Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football-specific podcast. I am your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is Big Kurt here. Please read or, or share, rate, and review. Please. That's how I should say. Uh, numbers are up. We want to keep them going. We very much appreciate it. Um, I'm in a great mood tonight. We're recording on Friday night. How are you doing, buddy? I felt better. <laughs> A little, little another bit of legion, a, another legion. It was a legion night. night. Le- yeah, it was league night at the legion. <laughs> the the liver league. Yeah, the, right. All right, so we will uh, go over the uh, uh, topics to, that we'll cover on this podcast. We're going to do short housekeeping. I guess we got some decent things we want to go through. Uh, next topic would be Jim Delaney stepping down in 2020. That's that's some big stuff. Uh, we'll go through the big players at the combine, just kind of some general combine uh, thoughts in general, and then branch that into strength and conditioning, what it means, things that make us giggle. Looking forward like to that. that. <laughs> that's, I think that's Kurt's number one thing that yeah. he's aiming towards for this podcast. Uh, so go ahead and start out with some of the, the housekeeping stuff. Okay, starting with Reese Morgan, Iowa defensive line coach, is retiring after 19 years at Iowa. How do you feel about that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Texting and talking to buddies, I compared it to uh, losing the family pet. Um, I think he's either going to turn 68 or 69 pretty quick here. So it's not like you didn't see it coming. Um, But anybody that knows Reese Morgan, I know Reese Morgan, you pretty much knew that he was a football junkie. Um, I still don't know what he's going to do after football. Mm. So you kind of hope that he would just – uh, coach football until basically he drops, which is very sure. selfish of me. I'd like to sure. say or, or other other Iowa fans, <laughs> but essentially that's what you thought. Well, you have to figure that Iowa can find a suitable replacement, right? Um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, the one thing I would like to point out is uh, there was a couple erroneous, at least tweets that I saw or okay. people, people putting stuff out. He's only coached the D line for the last, I think it's either three or four years. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah. No, so, I, I had the impression based on just the tweets yeah. that he had been the D-line coach for 19 years. Yeah, that was what I had to point out okay. to a couple different people. Um, so, Ferentz got there in 99. I was mm-hmm. there. Uh, uh, Morgan wasn't on the staff then. He came okay. the second year, so Morgan started in 2000. He was actually the tight ends coach. Okay. So, he coached uh, Dallas Clark. Mm. He was a part of switching Dallas Clark from outside linebacker over to tight end. Oh, he was a linebacker, that, huh? Yes. I didn't know um, that. Something that he saw. Uh, quick little story. He was actually running a scout team as a okay. as a fifth string, something like that, okay. outside linebacker, trying to catch the starting defense off guard. So they threw a pass to him. Okay. Running down the field, he literally stopped, pivoted, reached behind him, over top of the cornerback, caught the ball one-handed, continued up the field. Wow. Everybody in the field went, holy cow. I think Next we found a tight know, end. Uh, Coach Morgan recruited him over to the tight end side. Wow. So wound up being – so he coached tight ends for, uh, I think it was three or four years. Mm-hmm. He was actually the offensive line coach for the longest really? time no kidding. at Iowa. So I think okay. that was something like 10 years or so he was offensive line coach, and then he was defensive line coach the last four years. That's an interesting switch. Yeah, I don't hear so, that too often. Uh, when Brian Ferentz came in to coach offensive line, okay. uh, yep. Ferentz said, uh, hey, why don't you switch over to D-line real sure. quick? Sorry. So uh, Reese Morgan coached at my high school. Oh, really? And uh, so he coached both my older brothers sure. to uh, varsity football. Yep. Um, he already had an aura about him then where when Coach Morgan walked in the room, you paid attention. Yeah. He had that control way back then. That's not just a new thing. Um, and I remember it was open gym. So like one of my brothers and my dad were playing basketball. I'm just off to the side. I'm maybe 12 years old, just kind of shooting around, hanging uh-huh. out or whatever. And I don't even notice that coach Morgan's walked in and I'm, I'm really just kind of messing around. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden he just grabs me. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, <laughs> he's like, Hey, if you're going to shoot around, focus, pay attention. You, your form's off. Wow. And he's not a basketball coach at all. Wow. Never coached basketball. And he talked about, get your tits square to the basket. <laughs> your tits are the part of the base of the triangle. The basket is the tip of the triangle. If, if you're all out of kilter, you got to get you got to get your tits square to the basket and shoot. And Boom, this is what there. he said to you as a 12-year-old? Absolutely. Wow. And Pretty intense the thing dude. is, I still remember that to this day. <laughs> it's because of basket, basket, baby. That's what coaches like that. They have that ability wow. to, to cut through it. So. Okay, well, moving on. Uh, Brett McMurphy from At Stadium has reported the SEC and Big Ten 
um, let me start that over. SEC and Big Ten will face off with the Pac-12 in the Las Vegas Bowl. Um, I guess they'll alternate from one year to another. Yep. SEC and Big Ten will also take on the ACC in the Belk Bowl, and then the ACC replaces the Big Ten in the Holiday Bowl. I'm personally jacked up about the Las Vegas Bowl. Absolutely. <laughs> Buddies, I already planning out. I don't care what the scenario is, whatever the year is that Iowa goes to the Vegas Bowl, oh. we're gone. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I- Vegas is – love that town. Love it. If Illinois ever makes a bowl, I hope it's this bowl game. That's I mean, the one I it's want to the to... point where I don't think I'm being crazy when I say, obviously, you want your team to go to the Rose Bowl or a, if we can still call it, a BCS level bowl. Yep. But if you can't make that bowl, I'm okay with skipping down a rung or two. Oh, definitely. Get it to Vegas, baby. Absolutely. All right, moving on. Sad one here. Former Iowa running back Damon Bullock has died after an unfortunate traffic accident. Yeah, apparently uh, just horrible. Um, uh, Got into an accident with his Mm -hmm. car, got out of the vehicle to walk away from it, and then got struck by another vehicle. Absolutely horrible. Um, Good player. Uh, He was was a player. Receiving running back yep. probably even better than he was a running back but by all um reports he was just an awesome teammate and guy he was on that 15 team is that right the no, 12 and 0 was, team he was gone before that. okay yeah right before that then all right moving on jim delaney the big 10 commissioner will be stepping down as of mid mid-year 2020 this is huge he's been the commissioner since 1989 insane i mean people listening to this podcast might not even have any recollection of any other Big Ten commissioner. I mean, I don't. Yeah, He's it's the, hard for me too. Yeah. What, so, what do you think about him stepping down? You think good thing, bad thing for the Big Ten? I, my gut feeling is it's a good thing. I. That's what I think. I have an analogy for you. Because here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna probably start out with some of the negatives with this. Is that fair? But I let. That's fine. But. There are a ton of positive, obviously, to bring out with, with Jim Delaney. Well, I think overall he did a great job. I don't think you can argue that. But after 30 years, I think it's just time for change. Yeah. So an analogy here, at my company, we had the same vice president of sales for about 30 years. It was probably 25, and he stepped down about a year or two ago. So we have a new one now, and I tell you, he is shaking things up. It's a lot of pain right now, a lot of change, but you can see that it's going to be good for my company in the long term. So that's kind of how I feel about this. I really like that positive outlook from oh. right there. All right. I'm, I'm mostly talking about corporate Big Kurt right here. That was that was good to hear, man. Good job. Yeah, I mean, it's believe me, on a day-to-day basis, it can be very frustrating. But you see the vision, and you see that we're probably going in the right direction. But this is a guy, Jim Delaney, who has the Big Ten getting a $52 million payout for for TV rights alone. That's that's The SEC is the second has the second most draw at 40 million. So, Damn. I mean, what this is a guy who had the vision for the big 10 network. He basically did it as a challenge. He didn't like the way the negotiations were going with, with the networks. And so one of the network executives said, well, if you don't like it, start your own network. So he said, okay, I'll go start my own network. I mean, that's balls of steel. Yeah. Right there. And I mean, look now SEC has their own network. PAC 12 has their own network. The PAC 12 is a joke compared to absolutely the Big 10 network <clears throat> and the sec network can be propped up by the sec or by espn true the big 10 network is was all standalone basically yeah and excelled now there's a, a little bit more partnership with fox but there was years and years that it was on their own Correct. and i feel like everybody believes that jim delaney is essentially the father of conference expansion is that fair boy because he oversaw Penn State into the Big Ten. I mean, yeah, that I mean that was, was the original one, right? Yep, that yep. was pretty much the original expansion. And right Big there. Eight, Big Twelve was right around that time. Yeah. Um, but really, when Nebraska was that's brought when on, it really got shaken up, and that's when things were were nuts. So for right. a while there, about nine years ago, I believe. I mean, to me, I feel like a lot of the negativity with the expansion. This is, this is horrible to say, but basically it's wrapped around Rutgers right now. Yeah, yeah, and I, there's a lot of negativity from, from Maryland, too, because people feel like they just don't belong. But I think that w- that Jim bringing those two in was a great job. However, I think in the long run, you, when the, some of this TV money starts drying up as more and more people start streaming, I see that being you know not as good of a decision long run. But I think short term, I think it was a great decision. 
and not to go deep dive into it, but even if it's the streaming thing, they are still essentially getting data on where people are streaming yeah. from and what they're watching. So if you're True. still bringing in a bunch of TV sets from the East Coast, whether it be through cable or streaming, I don't know. Does it make that big a difference? I'm not really sure, to yeah. be honest with you. But I feel like he gets a pass, like a, a you know, a thumbs up for Penn State and Nebraska, but then a thumbs down for Maryland and Rutgers. Would and you I, agree? I, I, I don't disagree with that. I just feel like a majority of that thumbs down is wrapped around Rutgers, quite honestly. Now, yeah, there's conspiracy theories out there, articles written that part of the reason, along with the TV set grab, which East Coast grab, yep. which I definitely think was part of it. There was a thought process that maybe the ACC was coming for Penn State so hmm. that Jim Delaney outflanked them, yeah. went and got Maryland and Rutgers to bring them into the Big Ten to keep Penn State nice and cozy. Hmm. So, I, I mean, I, I believe that we could spend a whole podcast just talking about the life and times of Jim Delaney. Pretty much, yeah. Um, uh, the, the negative thing that – it's because you asked me at the beginning – um, do you see this as a negative or positive? And I said positive. Yeah. I think the positive that could come out of this is the next commissioner will take a look at the nine game conference schedule. Oh boy. I hope and so. And say, this is nuts. You're making the road to the, to the, uh, uh, college football playoffs harder on yourself and making the road to just a simple bowl game for, for the mid and lower level teams. That would be my guess. If the next commissioner wants to take a stamp on what the changes are that that would be something be i would I, great that's place a low to start fruit right <laughs> absolutely okay. absolutely all right so other things that, that jim delaney did added the championship game for football so expansion championship game i think both necessary evils i don't like either one of them but i, I understand why they did it now then you gotta we gotta bring up the negatives the leaders and legends was definitely oh jeez that was that was a horrible moving one. on moving on moving okay. on well there's plenty of scandals under his watch Jerry Sandusky the Urban Myers X Smith and the Ohio State wrestling one Larry Nasser MSU non reporting of violations Beep. which is ongoing yeah exactly um, <clears throat> DJ Durkin the Rutgers basketball oh that was before they were in but the Rutgers basketball coach so there's been a lot of that you know what which one people forget. Do you remember the Northwestern Point shaving scandal? Yeah, sure. Yeah? Mm. You remember the guy's name? I do not. Dennis Lundy was their running back. Okay. And it was against Iowa, the one really egregious fumble where nobody touched him. He just dropped the ball in open field. Hmm. I got a ticket one time from Dennis Lundy to attend a Northwestern football game. I'm not joking. <laughs> Did you scalp it? Turn it around? No, I didn't. So it was a buddy of mine was dating a girl who eventually became his wife. This woman's sister was dating a guy on the team, on Northwestern's team. Hugh Williams was his name, linebacker. And so he had a couple tickets each game, so he gave us a couple tickets, but there was like three of us in the party, I guess, that were going. So he asked Dennis Lundy to leave a ticket for me. So I had to go up to Will Call and say, uh, you know, ticket from Dennis Lundy, and they gave it to me. And then I find out like a year later he was probably shaving points in that game. Wow. Yeah. Good stuff. Crazy. So in, in terms of – succeeding Jim Delaney there is one name that everybody's bringing up and it's Jim Phillips the Northwestern AD yep. although yep. he's not technically an AD get this he is the Combe family vice president for athletics and recreation at Northwestern <laughs> that's his title can you believe that that sounds like a Northwestern a Northwestern thing, thing. <laughs> type of thing. and I mean that with all love but and reading about this they they have an endowed position their basketball coach is an endowed position it's got a name like that too it's got to have, it's got to have something behind it where they always want to make sure that scholastics are a part of right. the title. And, yep. You know, we don't want to make it sound like you're too much of just an athletic crazy. Purpose. Yeah, yeah, that's very Northwestern. So he's the second highest paid AD in the country. He's been at Northwestern since 2008. Before that, he was at Northern Illinois University for five years. He did a great job at Northern. Obviously, has done a great job at Northwestern. He actually is a University of Illinois grad. Has a master's University of Illinois grad. He is spent yeah. time at Northern Illinois. Yep, and then cheated on them both and went to and went to Northwestern. Yeah, son of a master's from Arizona State, PhD from University of Tennessee. This guy just has. I mean, he's a leader. He's a fundraiser. This guy is a natural. I, he, I think he is going to be the next commissioner. I think it'd be crazy 
to consider anybody else. I haven't seen anybody else. I'm, I'm going by basically what I've seen on Twitter. I haven't even seen anybody else brought up other than him. The or, only or, other, or it's brought up in a situation like, okay, we think it's going to be here. Here's some other guys that maybe have right. Chance. The only one I hear that I guess makes kind of sense would be Barry Alvarez, but I mean. I don't think so. He just doesn't have the qualifications that this. I don't think it's so much qualifications. Is I think Barry's had a nice life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he he... is older. I mean, right? I don't think. I think. I mean, in all respect to Barry, why would he need to take this role on at this stage? He he's well, no, accomplished enough as both. I agree. A a coach and an athletic director. And I think that's just like you said, a case of people just digging for other names. Correct. Because they can't think of anybody besides Jim Phillips, because he just it makes so much sense. You remember the the crying kid meme, the no, sure. cr- crying yep. Northwestern. Yep, that's his son. Shut the front door. Yeah. <laughs> so you can look it up on your phone right now. Just type in "crying" in a little meme search, and the it. the kid that comes up is Jim Phillips' son. That's good stuff. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. But yeah, he's done a great job fundraising. I mean, he 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 oversaw the hand of God placing Ryan Fieldhouse next to Lake Michigan, right? The greatest structure that's ever been built on the planet. Sarcasm alert, sarcasm alert. Yeah. Uh, but that's, so he revamped Welsh Ryan Arena. Basically at all his stops, he has just shown an amazing ability to raise funds. Really? Are you campaigning for him right now? Did he did he get in touch with you? Well, he is an Illinois grad, so. You got a little ties. It, in that sense, I'm, I'm kind of pulling for him. But honestly, bring me a, a better name. Yeah. Then we have to. He doesn't have to move. Correct. He lives in Chicago, Chicago. right now. Yeah. He's 2018 Sports Business Journal AD of the Year, bunch of other AD of the Year awards. I mean, look at the su- success of the football program they've had while he's there. Basketball program made their first ever tourney. Listen to this: 98 percent graduation success rate at Northern at Northwestern University. In their, I mean, I would expect department. no less than 95 percent. But 98? That seems. It's high. number one of all FBS schools. It's 99% in their football program. Jeez. It's tough to be 99% in anything. Yeah. So 12 Northwestern teams earn top academic progress, progress rate. APR. You are really campaigning for this guy. Hold on. I, this was just, I'm just doing a simple Google search on the guy. Uh, so 12 NU teams earned the top APR in their, prog- in their uh, respective sports. So number one in the whole country. And 11 earned perfect scores. Like hundred percent graduation rate. I mean, th- there's not a blemish on this guy's record. He's got to have a skeleton there, somewhere, right? There's always a skeleton in the closet. But somewhere. he's also the right age. I don't know his exact age, but I think he's around fifty. Yeah. So I think that's a perfect age to take over something like this. Still young enough to have the energy. Hey, let's go, Jim say, Phillips. Man. I guess I guess we're looking at our new commissioner. So that's all we got for housekeeping. Okay. Um, then we get to move on to, I guess, the second half of the podcast. Uh, so it'll kind of be two things that'll, that'll roll into each other. We'll start out with the, uh, the NFL combine, big players that were there and then kind of into strength conditioning. Maybe we'll zoom in and out of the two. I don't exactly know yeah. how this is going to go. Um, I'll, I'll first question I would ask you mm-hmm. is. The actual NFL Combine itself, yeah. does it interest you? It does interest me. Okay. And you know what I found out? I don't get the NFL Network. jeez. Oh, <laughs> so I'm not an NFL guy, so I would never know normally, but the Combine is something I wanted to oh, watch. I love it. So as you know, I, I started streaming last year before the football season, and I go with YouTube TV, and I went to – I'm like, where's the NFL Network? I, I was, have it. In one of my work trips this week, I was driving down the road, and I was trying to come up with like a poll in my head of – sporting events that are a, a four or five day sporting event. That's a blast to watch. Mm-hmm. Obviously the NCAA basketball tournament, I think would be masters. One. Wow. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. where I was going. Masters. Love the masters. Love the masters. Uh, us open obviously too. I mean, you can kind of blend all the golf sure. together. The NFL combine would be up there for me. Um, I think Rich Eisen and the the NFL yeah. network, they just do. Eisen does fun. a good job. It's fun. It it's is fun. fun. Yeah. They, they make it fun to watch. Um, I have always been intrigued watching people run the 40-yard dash. Yeah. what I don't know what it is I don't about either. that race that has 
it has just drawn the interest yeah. of dorks like me and you yeah. to watch that. And I, I'm always stoked to watch what I have tons like, of stats here for big players. Most of what I have written down, I've got other, you know, uh, stats that, that, that kind of jump out at the page, but I've, I've got the 40 times down. Cause I'm, I'm always interested yeah. in that. I mean, I could watch a hundred guys run it and I would never get bored. Um, yeah, me too. Um, I really wish five and a half years ago. So I, I when I got married, I was in really good shape. Right, right okay. then. I, w- I wish I would have run. Wish you could have run. Was, it. That was okay. that was my last chance to run it to see what I could have been. I would have been in my mid thirties at okay. the time. Yeah, yeah. To see what I, what I would have been. Um, you know, I mean, I I I, got, I had to run forties for football camps sure. when I was in in high yeah. school. Every time though, I watch the 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 draft or the uh, combine. Excuse me. I'm always like, I really worked at it. Got into shape. What? What could I be at? But of course, mostly I'm just be nervous that I would pull every available quad and hamstring oh, yeah. that I even have to, to to run it. But I don't know. I think my running of the forty ended at about eighteen years old. After that, eighteen. Yeah. That that after that, done. Done. Okay. Yeah. D- <laughs> don't need to do it. Something's gonna go wrong. Yeah. After. That. Oh yeah. Something something's gonna go wrong now. I I certainly know that. The pride that I have of the athlete I used to be mm-hmm. far outweighs the reality of <laughs> well, of course, I think that's the, the case table for all of with us with you right now. But okay, um, so I'm, I've kind of just got teams written down and times. Uh, okay. Do you want to jump in and I can fill in, or do you do you want me to start? Or go for it. To, you start. Um, I'll, I will start with I'll start with Ohio State. Ten uh, participants in the in the combine, which is amazing insane, in itself. Insane. Um, the thing that I keep thinking about when I was watching the combine with the Ohio State players is they were all testing off the charts. Yeah. So, especially speed wise. Yeah. And especially offensively, like okay. their offensive firepower. So. so Obviously, they had a they had a pretty good quarterback at the combine yeah. throwing the ball. I think he's hands down the best quarterback, but that's that's just me. Oh, but did you realize that Kyler Murray is five ten? Yeah, so he's a legitimate huge, NFL that was huge news. So if he would have been five nine and five eight, right, it was a joke. He measured five ten, and all of a sudden he's like, boom, legit, Which, legit NFL quarterback. By the way, is still pretty damn short for an NFL quarterback. I don't what, know why do people. You, do you know what Russell Wilson is off the top? I of thought your he head? was five eleven. Yeah. So only about an inch yeah. taller. I mean, but he's but he's thicker. So who's thicker? Uh, Russell. Russell Wilson. Yeah. Yeah, but but uh, Kyler weighed in at two oh seven. I okay. think 207 is a thick dude. Yeah. But now but that was the, huge news. But all that, of a that sudden, was the first. That was the unofficial start of the NFL combine. Yeah. Was when Kyler Murray was was measured for his height. Now I know that. Like five years ago, I'd have said no way he makes it in the NFL. But now offenses have changed enough. I think maybe he can do it. Um, I'm going to reference a different podcast several times, um, which is the uh, Cover Three podcast. Uh, Barton Simmons, Tom Fernelli, who is so good. Another I, Illinois grad. Yeah, another Illinois grad. He's awesome on the podcast. He's even more amazing on Twitter. He's got the most dry sense of humor. They were talking about Kyler Murray, and basically Barton Simmons said, "Point to me at." At any point in this kid's life, anything athletic he's done that he hasn't been the best at what he's done, you go ahead and keep doubting this guy. He's 5'10", he's going to the NFL, whatever. He's all about Kyler Murray, and this is a guy that watches talent nonstop for his yeah. job. Like I said, the, the offenses have changed enough and adapted you know, the, more of a college uh, you know, um, theme to him that I think maybe, maybe he can be a really good— three years ago, the thought of Kyler Murray going I would have said NFL, no way. Now, now I said I think he can do it. I mean, it is. I mean, at least he's got a legitimate shot. It is. I'm not counting a him out. Realistic rumor, if that's a phrase, that but, he'll go number one. But it Arizona. is that. So I don't. I don't see that. Mm. I don't see that happening. Mm. But, but uh, I just. I still think it's funny that he measured in at five ten. So all's good. <laughs> Big deal. <laughs> no, no height issues that, anymore. Okay. All right. What? So you back say? to Ohio State. Congratulations, Mickey Marotti. Strength and conditioning coach. All right. Um, I mean, is that that might be one of the greatest strength and conditioning coach names? Mick Marotti. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty solid. Um, Nick Bosa had a very solid combine. Right. Barely even mentioned that. I it know was it. Such a it was such a news rich combine 
that Bosa barely got mentioned. I had and he's to, probably he still is going to be probably a top three pick. I had to kind of dig to even find what yeah, he four, did. Four seven nine forty twenty nine reps. It's pretty the, good in the bench. Pretty good, but um, he didn't like distance himself above and beyond the other D linemen. From no, what I but tell. everybody already thinks he's a high motor. Yeah, you know he's got he's the quote unquote quintessential football player. Yeah. So only thing a guy like that has to do is test out pretty True. well. Yeah. He he easily did. So that. you think he'll be the number one D line? Um, I don't know about that. Yeah. But he's going high. Yeah. Point being is he has been the guy that everybody's talking about for the number one pick for the longest time. Right. Um, you look at the Ohio State showing. Okay, just looking at the wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, it sure seemed like I, Ohio State wide receivers were running past and through and around everybody all year long. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw some numbers okay. at you. Maybe this is why. Uh-huh. Johnny Dixon pulling the anchor <laughs> at four point four one. Oh wow. Terry McLaurin. Yep. Four point three five mm-hmm. in the forty, and Paris Campbell four point three one. Fastest wide receiver in the draft, I think. Right. Insanity. Yeah. They were well, and you forgot Mike Weber at a four point four seven running back, yep, which was, is a pretty solid time for running back. Me and you didn't talk a whole bunch about the draft, but one thing me and you either texted about or talked, I can't remember was, oh my god, yeah, did you see Weber's time? It it it, it shocked me. Everybody looked good, yeah, for Ohio State on offense at least. Um, another team where I think everybody looked good. Mm-hmm. You, you feel free to call out my biases, okay. The Iowa Hawkeyes. They must had, have a great strength and conditioning coach. <laughs> uh, Chris Doyle okay. would be the strength coach. Been there the whole time. Ference was there. He okay. is the highest paid uh, yep. strength and conditioning. Again, I am totally borrowing from the Cover 2 podcast, but this is a great line. Barton Cover Simmons, 3 podcast. Excuse me, Cover 3, thank you, podcast, where they gave the golden dumbbell to strength conditioning okay. coaches. Oh, nice. So then Barton See, I've got to listen to this. Yeah, episode. Tom Fernelli, I think it was, that made the joke. He goes, <laughs> you know, Chris Doyle makes so enough money he could literally make his own golden dumbbell <laughs> from his paycheck. Um, Noah Fant ran yeah. a 4.5 40 for a tight end. That's pretty amazing. A six foot four, two hundred and thirty eight odd foot or pound tight end. Um, TJ Hawkinson, even with that being said, TJ Hawkinson is still looks like by most thing or most, uh, draft experts so projected ahead of fan, yeah. right? Yeah. He ran a four, seven. Um, mm. one thing that I took from another, another podcast was basically he was watching the, the, uh, blocking drills. Okay. And he goes, I literally saw three tight ends that even had an idea on how to attack wow. the pad no kidding. in person to block. And he was like, TJ Hawkinson just manhandled his guy. He okay. looked like a tackle running down the field. Wow. And they flat out said, you know, Fant, Noah Fant gets a lot of heat for yep. not being a, a, a good blocker. Sure. Compared to the other tight ends, you could tell that he actually has been schooled up okay. on attempting But he to wasn't block. one of the top three. No, he this, was. Oh, he was. Top okay. three or four, he said. Wow. He just said the tight ends – on on the whole, we're just big wide receivers. Boy, he's like it's like nobody's even trying to huh. teach their tight ends to block anymore. That's crazy. Uh, Anthony Nelson had a good uh, uh, combine. Amani Hooker, the Big Ten, yep, defensive back of the year. To most people, it's a he was kind of a Swiss Army knife um, mm-hmm. type of player. I call him the Swiss Armani knife. Armani oh, knife. that's pretty good. Um, but I did not expect him to run a four four eight wow. forty. That's not bad. Which is pretty good for a corner. That's smoking for a safety. Sure, absolutely. Speaking of safety, did you see Darnell Savage? No, Sorry. but good one. But Darnell Savage from Maryland ran a four three six. Insane for a safety. Insane. Oh my god, that's quarterback speed. That's so, good quarterback speed. So here we are. We've got the uh, you know slow. Plotting, yes. Big Ten, and we already have the number one uh, wide receiver, yep. speed, number one tight end, yep. number one safety, yep. all from the Big Ten. And, and oh, by the way, did, we're not done with the number ones yet. Yeah, what did Rashawn Gary okay, run? Okay, we can go down to Michigan okay. now. And so Michigan, to me, is the defensive equivalent of what Ohio State was in the combine. Yeah, as like, far as... Ohio State had the offensive guys, Michigan had the defensive guys. Rashawn Gary 
is this this is this is spaceship stuff. Like this guy <laughs> stepped out of some other galaxy and came to play football. 6'4, 277 pounds. I repeat, 6'4, 277 pounds. He ran a 458. Unbelievable. My brother and I were Good my guy. brother was up here for uh my kids' baptism. We are sitting there watching it and we're like Rashawn Gary just ran a four five eight. Well, and Chase Winovich ran like right behind him, right? Like a four he was in the six. Four sixes. Yeah. Um, the three cone drill. Yeah, this is uh, the one I like. The three cone drill. He ran a seven point two six. Okay. Which is there? There's that's pretty good. That's very good. The twenty yard shuttle. He ran a four point two nine. Wow. That is, and I, I got somebody else. We're going to compare outside the the yeah. conference. This is okay. Insane. Well, because I was going to compare to some to him to someone on Michigan. Did you see David Long, the David, cornerback? Yep, David Long. So in his three cone was a six four five, and his twenty yard shuttle. His twenty yard shuttle was a three nine seven. Now that that score on the three cone, do you know he beat the next closest guy by point one eight seconds? Insane. Point one eight seconds. So you're talking David Long. He also the corner, ran yeah. a four four five, and then Neon Dion Sanders was watching the D backs. He's like the only guy. That is really fluid and killing it with his back pedal and, and brakes. Was David, David Long? Long? Wow. Well, David Long made himself millions of dollars at the combine. Devin Bush didn't hurt himself either. Yeah. Five eleven, a little bit short, but two hundred and thirty five yeah. pounds. We've already known that about him. You're in a four four three. Mm. This is insane. Wow. Um Okay. Uh so so good job, Ben Herbert, the strength and conditioning coach of Michigan. Give, I give him all the credit. <laughs> Um, Penn State, Dwight Galt, does he deserve some credit for Trace McSorley? Yeah, as I've been he's got him. to. You got to give it. Run TMC. Yep. He ran a four five seven, which was the fastest among the quarterbacks. <laughs> Another position. Yep. He ran a four point one two in the twenty yard shuttle. That's that pretty beat good. A large majority of wide receivers and running backs. Now I noticed a big chunk. I don't mean majority. Right. A a, a good chunk. I noticed that Trace did not do the bench press. Well, yeah, <laughs> quarterback <laughs> quarterbacks aren't known for being uh, prominent benchers. Um, what do you, what would you guess his bench reps would be? I'm putting I, it around two or three. Yeah, I'd say three or four. Yeah, we'll get you got to give him a little bit more credit for that. But, yeah, yeah. Fred, remember Fred Smoot did uh, one. Smooty's <laughs> booty. Yeah. Uh, so the famous the big, in these parts for other reasons altogether, yes. but. Uh, purify yourself in the water. <laughs> yes, so he purified. Minnetonka. Um, so run TMC got asked. Trace McSorley yep. got asked to work out as a D back. He declined. Correct. I just yep. like to say this: it is not a a jerk move to ask the guy to play to to run, no, of course work not. as a D back. It is not a jerk move by McSorley to say no. I'm going to go ahead. No, and of course not. Give it give it a shot, right? He's so gonna, you're saying he should have practiced as a D-back? No, no I'm saying okay. he has been a quarterback his entire life. Yeah. He's won tons of games. Nobody's ever, you know, uh, wrote in Trace McSorley down as one of the best uh, 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 strong arm pocket, sure. you know, type of guy. We know that about him. He makes things happen. He makes things Absolutely. happen with his legs. I'm just saying the kids always love to play quarterback. Let him play quarterback. If it doesn't work out, he at least gave it a shot at the highest level you can, and then take a look at it. And he back. may be able to make a living as a quarterback. He's not going to be a starter or anything, but he could possibly get you know catch on as a backup somewhere in the NFL. I'm, I'm rooting for him. I am too. He could spend a year or two as a backup quarterback giving a shot. He could still give D-back a shot. Sure, that, of course. Yeah. Um, Wisconsin. At three linebackers, T.J. Edwards, a Andrew Van Geek, Ryan Connolly, Dakota Dixon. Uh, had did a not have a, a not, good one. Not so much. No. Did not have uh -uh. a good good showing. Uh, Northwestern, Clayton Thorson, Montre Hardridge. Yeah, not, not, Hardridge not was kind of slow. Um, Nebraska had one player, Morgan Stanley. Morgan, um, uh, no, no, uh, um, Tanner Farmer, I thought. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You're right. He was, he was it was Morgan Stanley. So Morgan Stanley ran a four five three, and his twenty yard shuttle. Just to give you comparison here, okay? Because I think I was trying to uh, piggyback this on Trace McSorley. 
Morgan Stanley spent his whole time as I, I would picture him as kind of a slot receiver mm-hmm. in the NFL. Okay. Definitely a amazing route runner, good hands, yep. playmaker type of guy. A four five three. 40 and a 4.13 20 yard shuttle comparing that to trace mcsorley a 4.57 a 4.12 trace mcsorley was was actually faster in the 20 yard shuttle so i don't know i don't know if that's uh kudos to nebraska strength and conditioning extraordinaire zach duvall or not hmm little little knock on zach duvall there speaking on somebody that made himself money Uh in the draft there was one lone minnesota gopher yeah Blake Cashman. Blake Cashman, yeah. So everybody has known Blake Cashman to be – he's the quintessential – he's just a football player. That guy's just a – He's a gamer. He's just a football Great player. attitude, high motor. <laughs> yep. Oh, you can't get him out of the film room. Right. He ran a 4-5-40. That's pretty good. As a middle linebacker in his 20-yard shuttle, 4.12. Wow. Those so are awesome numbers for a linebacker. There, I've seen multiple good for reports him. of people – that once he ran, okay. I mean, this this is crazy to me. Okay, this this to me is interesting. You you tell me if I'm making a bigger deal out of this okay. or not. <clears throat> I've known Blake Cashman, you know, for the last two years. Sure. Easy watching. I, I, you know, I, we focus on Big Ten football. I mean, I know you know Blake Cashman too. Um, how is it possible that these NFL scouts did not know who Blake Cashman? Because what I've heard is once they saw his forty numbers. Okay. They started watching his film. Are you serious? I, I've seen it in multiple reports. Wow. Then all of a sudden they say, wow, his production matches what he did in in the combine. No, his combine right, matches showed his up what he's been doing. But you would think that they would have – that you'd be, just be – you'd have your eye on every single Big Ten team, right? At least to some degree. Exactly. I mean, it's not like the guy was a, a backup. He was on the field – all or the time. Or even just the middle linebacker at Akron. I mean, he's playing in Minnesota sure. in the Big Ten. Put on the Ohio State film. Right. He was everywhere True. in that game. Yeah. The the fact that he ran a 4-5 in the combine is is cool. Don't Th- get me wrong. That's better than I would have guessed, but yeah. I'm I'm happy for him. Um, that's awesome. So, two, two last things with the combine is, I can't remember. It was an NFL Twitter account, but basically okay. they, they ran a metal count. Right. So or, so essentially if you got first of in a, the 40, you got right. a gold. If you got second, silver, third, bronze. And I believe there's seven major events that you do at the combine. Yep. And there's I think 11 different position groups technically, so 77 categories for medals. I that think you is, could, that, you could, that you could possibly, yeah. Times 3 it would be the total medal count. And with the the performance by mostly Noah fan but also Amani Hooker and the other. Well, yeah, because uh, Fant was like first in the forty. He was first in the vertical. He was first in the long jump. He was first in the cones. And I think he was second in the cones. And T.J. Hawkinson was first. Which okay, is insane. So Iowa won the underwear Olympics. Essentially, is how it went. Like down I think to the medal count. I think what I saw of Fant is he was first in every category that he competed in, except for that one. Right. Yep. And then Hawkinson beat him there. Yeah. Or something like that. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's insane. So they um, got total eleven total medals. medals. Yeah, okay. the next one. And that was number that. one of any program. Yeah. So, so the idea What's their strength and conditioning coach's name again? Chris Doyle. Chris Doyle. Yeah. Congratulations, Chris Doyle, for winning the underwear Olympics. We'll, we'll touch we're almost there. We'll get to your your part that you want to run off of. With the the awarding of the underwear Olympics, one last player to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um saving at the end because he's not a Big Ten player, but he was the the darling of the combine yeah. of Twitter followers of the combine, yeah. whatever you want to say. DK Metcalf. Ole Miss wide receiver. Ole Miss wide receiver. Um, probably Bruce Feldman's favorite person in the world right now. The freak. Yeah, he's got the freak. Yep. I'm okay with the freak list. Freak list is eh, fun to watch. I think it's old. Freak. It's played out. Um, I follow Big Ten football most, but I follow all college football. Mm-hmm. I got to be honest with you. I barely even recognized this guy's name before the draft. I, I, I knew he played for Ole Miss, but yeah. it wasn't like it was – he wasn't a household name. It wasn't no. Like a, he wasn't a household name, but they were they were known to have an, an amazing wide receiver group this past year. So DK Metcalf, six three, two hundred and twenty eight pounds. Mm-hmm. So pretty big that's, wide receiver. That's borderline tight end. Yeah, area. He could lift himself into a tight end if he wanted to. Right. Um, 
there's pictures all over Twitter and the internet with his shirt off. He's like flexing so hard. You can tell he's like almost giving himself an aneurysm. Yep. Hands 10 inches. Oh my Lord. Reach 35 inches. I'm fudging a little bit here. He was an eighth of an inch off in each one, but we'll, we'll just call it. Okay. Well, when you see him just standing, his, his hands come down like to below his mid thigh. Yeah. That's how long his arms are. He, he came from perhaps an even further out, location in the universe than Rashawn Gary did yeah. maybe or maybe the same planet his 40 time was a 4.33 not too bad after all of those things we just talked about for how big and strong he is he ran a 4.33 it was vert I don't have his vert it was also high all of the things that I could list off uh-huh. except for two except for t- he was not only <laughs> in the top five percent of this draft he was like uh-huh. in the top one percent mostly he's in the top one to three i think there was one he was in the top five percent of all time of all time okay all drafts for all of all events except for the 20 yard shuttle Uh (laughs) and the three cone okay what did he get so let's compare him because yeah i got some other okay go ahead 20 yard shuttle a 4.5 Ooh, that's not very good three cone drill 7.38 Oh, that's bad. Rashawn Gary had a 7.26 Ooh. in the three-cone drill. So 4.5 in the 20-yard shuttle. Rashawn Gary had a 4.29. Ooh. Trace McSorley had a 4.12. Wow. So the analogy I heard was, <laughs> this is so good. He's like the greatest drag racer of all time. Yep. You put that driver in the drag race, yep. whatever you do, doesn't matter what car you put him in he wins that drag yep. race you take him out of that car and put him in a nascar the first turn he has to make he careens out yeah of, out of the track and, and into the stand so i'm gonna be paying attention to where this guy gets drafted because he th- this guy has bust written all over him doesn't he exactly he he was not that productive at Ole miss no not terribly productive i mean you know, I I remember watching him and thinking he was a specimen just watching him play. And but yeah, I I just don't think you can pull that off in the NFL. Just not being nimble. And I don't know exactly what kind of hands he has. And what I'm getting at is the fact that he is six three, two hundred twenty eight pounds. Yeah. Okay. I don't exactly know how NFL offensive coordinators look at things. I know how I do it when I play Madden. <laughs> so right. I would have a place for him in my offense. Okay. Essentially, he is just he's just running a nine route the whole time. Yeah. And you know what? At Ole Miss, that, he that probably just, worked. No, he did. He basically just ran nine routes. Okay. There, there, he was – the coaches figured out this is not a route runner. Wow. This guy doesn't have a field for zones and getting open and making things happen. He takes the top – off of a defense. And the thing is, is you probably could make a case that if you've got a, a pretty gifted, but n- not as much of a physical specimen corner, that's five eleven mm-hmm. and you know, 200 pounds, he's going to climb up over top of that guy and get the ball. Yeah. If his hands are good enough. So it will be interesting to see where he goes, but he's, everybody's going to know that's it. That's your role right. in this team. Yeah. Boy, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, where's he going to get drafted? He's not going to go first round. Well, no, not first round, definitely. But like second, third. No, but could I, he I go as low as like? Okay. He's not going to go as low as like fifth, though. I no way. Okay, he, too much. Somebody's going to fall in love with him before that. But there were people. Can't wait to There see were it. people projecting him into mid first round. Right, and, and then, then he ran more the, cones. the testing came up. Like, wait, maybe we should okay. look at it. Pump the brakes here. Yeah. So fun to cover. Fun to go through. Um, now. I'm just going to let you take over because basically we're getting into. Well, I think this transitions into something that we've been talking about offline for quite a while now. Yep, it's not just in the last couple weeks. No, we've been talking about this pretty actively for about a year now, I think. And that's how crazy fans get about their strength and conditioning coach and program. And you see it all over Twitter now. It's not reserved. Like, we started talking about one program in particular. But it's not reserved for them. This is every program is nuts about this. And I would say it typically revolves around 
a program that just had a coaching change because yeah. that means a new strength and conditioning coach well, as Brim brought in. Or just a new strength and conditioning yeah, or coach. Or just a new strength and conditioning coach. I'll give you a great example. Illinois just hired a new strength and conditioning coach. You know who it is? Lou Hernandez is his name. He was the strength and conditioning coach under Ron Zook. And everyone loved him back then. Like, first of all, the ex-players love the guy. They're all happy that he's back. Um, the coaches on staff right now really like the guy. But the fan base, like especially on message boards, is just being over-the-top, ridiculous. Uh, it's comical to read these comments. Oh, we're just going to be one of the most physical teams of the Big Ten now. Like, And, like, it's going to start this season. I mean, it. this stuff takes time, right? The real question I got to ask is – Will Lovey Smith list his bench press best in in the program? Only Ron Zook does that. <laughs> <laughs> so you knew, you knew I that knew Ron Zook. Of for, course, for those who aren't clued into the joke, Ron Zook literally listed his bench press max in the football program. And I don't remember what the max was, but um, he did a lot of s- stupid things, and that was one of them. Did you know that at his opening presser when he was hired, he said. He pronounced the word Illinois with an S seven times. Illinois. I'm so happy to be at Illinois. <laughs> Thank you, Illinois, for hiring me. I mean, didn't that come out in the interview? <laughs> Isn't there some sort of prepping process? <laughs> yeah, just, is there any prep at all? So who do you work for? Illinois. No, no, no let's try that again. Illinois. Illinois. Unbelievable. You got it, Ronnie. Okay, you're ready. <laughs> but, yeah, you're right in terms of when there's coaching turnover. I mean, I can remember at the end of the Tepper era, the Turner era, the Beckman era for sure, but even Zook a little bit. You look at the team and you're like, we're supposed to be big, strong, and fast, but we're slow, fat, and weak. <laughs> what is going on there? But that's probably more of a function of the recruiting, I think, than the strength program, don't you? Well, the, the- – the two are tied together, for sure. Okay. But basically, at the end of all of those eras, we had more gut than butt. I mean, you want more butt than gut, ideally, right? It was the other well, way around, I can have though. some gut right. and butt, but yes. So anyway, did you see what PJ Flex said this week about his strength and conditioning program? Of course, they made the best strength gains they've ever made in the history of the program. By the way... For every fan who's, out there, who's tracking this? Who's for, tracking this? For every fan out there, doesn't matter what team you cheer for, you're going to hear the exact same thing this offseason. Oh, yeah. um, but he claimed that JJ Gaday, who's a recruit out of, I think, Washington, Illinois area by Springfield, has had gained 65 pounds since committing to the Gophers. And the guy's put on weight. He has. But he was listed at like something around 300 <laughs> as, in a his, as a recruit as and one of our re- followers on Twitter listeners pointed out. Yes. So, so he's now, I think right around 315 pounds. He said he put on 65 pounds, which means if my math is correct, he, he weighed 250. He did he not. I, I knew this guy as a recruit. He, he, he was, was a pretty he was, big he dude. Was pushing 300 pounds. I mean, he was probably, I would believe he was 280. I would, I'd believe that if you told me that. So maybe he's gained, 35 pounds. The only thing I could say, this, you know, hey, this is this could be the deal. Mm-hmm. He was a chubby fat, 280 pounds. They literally took the fat off him. Yeah. He got all the way down to 250, 260, and he got nothing but lean mass. Well, and by the way, J.J. Gaudet has been on campus since January. <laughs> stop, stop it. No, I, he was. he's an earlier enrollee. He's a... True freshman. This is who we're talking about. That's who, yeah. That's the guy that put on sixty five pounds. So, so if PJ he did Black it, said he put sixty five pounds on in two months. Well, he no, he said he put sixty five pounds on since committing, which was about a year ago. Okay, but if that happened, that wasn't under Minnesota's watch. Nope. Nope. Okay. Now let's move on to Nebraska. Scott Frost said that his team on average gained a hundred pounds to their squat in a year in a year's time do you believe so, that well a hun- on that's a lot. average that's a lot that means there's a guy that did that is 200 pounds. 200 pounds yeah right? or okay and and put on 13 pounds on average of lean muscle now in one year here's the deal um 
the general thought process I think we're going here with this is that the the thing that's that has been pointed out to Nebraska fans is that there is no doubt they took a jump. Okay, Th- what was done under the previous regime? I mean the the poor guys got. <laughs> don't even know his name yeah, yeah but we we don't need to go into yeah, his name's riley okay he's coaching in the eight no like, i was talking I'm about the strength guy but it's all under riley's watch is the yes. whole point i have i feel like i've gotten enough information to honestly credibly believe they were not putting very much of a focus on strength and conditioning, which blows my mind. Well, if that's true, that blows my mind. But when you say not much of a focus, to me, I'm that I I have to believe they're like maybe in the bottom ten percentile of of FBS schools. They are still they're still lifting weights and they running. They still have a nutrition things. program. They're still working out just as much as every other team. You get just as much time with the players every week. It's not like they're saying. Eh, we don't need to practice this week. We don't need to lift weights this week. It is the general thought process by Nebraska fans that the last part that what you said facetiously uh-huh. was actually what happened. I don't believe you. <laughs> was that that was Ron Burgundy? That was Ron Burgundy. <laughs> um, point being is, I think one thing we can agree on: it was bad. It yes, was, I, it was not only you, subpar for where Nebraska should be; it's subpar for what. Akron should be. Well, I can say as an Illinois fan, when they played Illinois, you looked at him and you just you would expect this Nebraska team that you're used to seeing historically that's big and strong and fast. And they you put them next to the Illinois guys and it's like, eh, they look about the same. Which shouldn't really happen. So the 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 point is is if you're if you're trying to to earn money, okay? And you say we're making $200,000 a year, and look at the, you know, the increase we've made over what we've done before. Well, if the year before you made $190,000 a year, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's a 10% increase. Five. Or 5%, excuse me, increase. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you started at making $40,000 a year to increase that much, that is a huge increase. Sure. However, if the guy next to you is also making about $200,000 a year, yeah. there really isn't that big a difference on what's going on between your your comparison football programs is okay. what I'm trying to make. It is the thought process that I think from some of these fan bases that they think they have gone from behind okay. to thoroughly to ahead. ahead. Right. And that's not the case. Okay. You're just you're you're trying to be part of the mean or, you know, ideally ahead, but I mean you're basically I think for Nebraska you're kind of bringing it back to to the mean, right? To the mean. Yeah. Um, Michigan State is taking their strength and conditioning and nutrition very seriously. Yes. As is Michigan. As is Penn State. Ohio State obviously Ohio doing a great State job. Is off the charts right now. Iowa, Wisconsin. I do believe there is something to be said about being behind and getting caught up, which is what we're saying. Sure. But I don't think it's even possible to be head and shoulders above anybody in strength and condition. No, it's really not. Age. No, it's not. And and it's a that's a great point because you go back to like the 70s, even into the 80s when Nebraska probably did, did have the did. best when because everyone else wasn't as advanced, right? They were not. They were the first ones to really we're push the envelope. We're literally talking about 50 years ago right. with so, some of this stuff or at least 40. Everybody has a program. Everybody's program is pretty good. Yes, some are some are not so good. Some are yeah. My bro- my brother played in the late 80s and early 90s. Mm-hmm. They had a strength and yeah. conditioning program. You you knew that starting I think it was the second week of of the second semester, you had to get up at 4:45 in the morning oh. every Tuesday and Thursday oh. to get over to the complex by 5:15 to run and puke from oh. 5:30 to 6:30. And then you then you got to shower and go to class. God. That was the that has been the norm in that you know in, in in not just Iowa in any football complex for the last yeah forty years definitely thirty for I sure. I would love the chance just just once to be a head coach for one press conference and just see how far I can push this BS narrative before people start laughing. 
Because you I know, don't think you, I don't think you can push it far enough. Really? Because I mean, you can easily get away with saying 100 pounds on average improvement from last year on their squat. So that that that's first of play. all, almost everybody in that audience that is is listening to what you're they they have no point of reference. They don't even know what you're talking. Yeah, that's about. probably they true. Nod. They just nod and they've got their recorder there. Right. And you, I mean, you can say 65 pounds. I don't know. Just this guy doubled his size since last year. He's 150 pounds. We got him up to 300. He is a cornerback. We're gonna we're gonna move him to tackle. We gotta move him. We gotta move him. He just out he just outgrew out aid. And then out the, and and then the the press shows up to the practice and sees that he's you know, 180 pounds. What, what what happened? Ah, well, I was exaggerating a little bit. <laughs> you gotta play it up a little, guys. Come on. Um, you know. Talk out of two sides of my mouth, though. I do believe that Iowa's strength and conditioning with Doyle is an advantage for what they have over some teams. Well, I will say that the one that does stick out to me, I'm not just saying this because you're an Iowa fan, is Doyle. Like, their program, historically, it doesn't matter where they're recruiting. They're always big and strong and fast, right, at Iowa? They're always physically prepared to play football. Um. We did have uh, a strength and conditioning coordinator when I first got there. I will say this. When Doyle came on board, mm-hmm. it was different. Yeah. it they We did things like like the, the one I always remember is chain lifting, where yeah. instead of just benching, you wrapped. I never understood heavy. the concept there. It's pretty simple, which is when you lift, if you bench, okay, just using bench, the initial push is to get the bar off your chest yeah once you typically get it off your chest you usually lift it you continue it on but in a football play when you initially push against your defender mm-hmm. or you know the person you're working up against right. it doesn't end right there Mm-mm. they push back it is a constant push so with the yeah, chain, i guess i could see that so with the chain as you move the bench up as you move the weights up each time you pick up the change, you're picking up two more weight and then five yep. and then 10 and then 20. So you're picking up more weight. It's actually adding. So it gets harder and harder. It just trains your muscles to push that much better. Hmm. I've never tried it. Bands, band lifting, all that. Yeah. There was more things that, that came into play. It was, that was the, you know, genesis of the explosion training. Sure. Everything okay. was about explosion. It wasn't about brute strength but right. again i want to point out this was 1999 right that's literally 20 years ago it's hard for me to believe that there aren't a ton of other schools across the big into the mac swack anywhere that has that has picked up on this. well and so that brings me back to this that you know the coaches like to talk because it's easier for people to to grasp just in in raw you know weight well we were 100 pounds better than we were last year but i'm wondering how much like how important in today's football training is just a a pure bench press number a pure squat number versus the power stuff that you're talking about the explosion stuff you know it's a great question i it's not to me yeah i i I think the you know max squats and max bench stuff is more of a recruiting tool and something to splash out on social media than it is actually transferring over to the football yeah i think you might be right there you done is that i'm done you felt like you got that part out. i think so now there was another podcast i want to bring up one thing i'm not going to mention the podcast but last year they were and this is a non-nebraska affiliated podcast is a big 10 podcast um not ours and they said that from the point that Scott Frost got hired, I don't know what date that was, but I'm guessing December of what would that be, 2017, to the point that spring that spring practice started, one of these guys was at the practice and said he saw a physical transformation in that four-month period. It's just hard for me to ever picture that big of a transformation. You can't, it's impossible. I mean, unless you were not lifting any weights and you were eating pizza for every meal and then you suddenly got on a heavy dose of anabolic steroids and started training and eating right, then maybe, okay, maybe that's possible. I'd like to try that out. I will. The I pizza will def- part or the anabolic yeah, steroids? I, I, okay. I want to see if maybe what would I. <laughs> you know what's going to happen is I'm just going to get through the pizza part and I'm like, 
I don't need the anabolic steroids. I'm just gonna yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I, the point I'm trying to make is people get crazy with the strength it and conditioning. Does, yeah. We're having fun here, right? Yeah. This is this is fun to talk about. So. so I think I'm just gonna start tweeting out Lou Hernandez tweets every day, daily basis. The, the new Illinois strength coach. Yeah, that's key. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm sure we're gonna have the most physical team in the Big Ten next year. Obviously, you're I know lifting it. weights very hard. Nobody else is doing it. <laughs> All right. That'll probably put a bow on it. Yes, there, I think so. So hope you guys had much fun as we did. Again, please keep listening, keep rating us, keep reviewing us, keep uh, uh, sharing it with other people. That's the big thing. Very much appreciate it. I am your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek. And this is Big Kurt. Thank you very much. Thank you.